Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Hey y'all, you're listening to episode eight of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. If you're still on summer break, I give you full permission to come back to this right before school because I totally support your boundaries of keeping work outside of your summer break life. However, back to school season is coming up quick. And I know one of the biggest things that teachers want more of this school year is work-life balance. So many educators are pulling 60-hour work weeks and giving up their weekends and social lives to fulfill these expectations that are set out for them. And this has led to experiencing similar levels of exhaustion that doctors are used to seeing in career paths such as CEOs and stockbrokers. And most important, this exhaustion and burnout has led to the mass exodus of teachers leaving the profession. A good work-life balance has so many positive effects. It leads to having less stress, a lower risk of burnout, and a greater sense of well-being. And this not only benefits us as teachers, but it also benefits our students, our administration, and our districts as well. And that's why in this episode, we're chatting about better work-life balance and my top tips for achieving it this school year. Let's go. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I want to try something a little bit different. I want to be able to connect with the people who are listening. So um, I decided that I was going to start doing something a little bit different and highlight some of those people who are leaving these amazing reviews on Apple Podcasts. And I'm doing it for multiple reasons. Number one is I want to be able to connect with you guys better. Number two is because I want to show you how grateful and appreciative I am of you taking the time out to actually leave a review. And third, to let you guys know that these reviews help me to reach more educators who need that validation or pick me up. 
And it just is a wonderful way to just support the podcast. So the first one comes from Allison Estes. She says, I just found out about this podcast less than 24 hours ago. And after the year we all had, I really needed Brittany and her expertise. I listened to all the episodes on my evening walk and had so many yes moments. It was so refreshing to hear Brittany put into words all the things I was feeling last year and still continue to feel. She was enjoyable to listen to and her manner of speaking is really conversational. I love that the episodes are short and sweet. And as someone with an attention span of a squirrel, I was able to focus without having my mind start thinking of other things. I'm really looking forward to episode four because I really want to know the next step in ending the stress cycle. Thank you, Brittany. I want to thank you, Allison, for connecting with me on Instagram because we've talked on Instagram, um, but also for leaving this review. It really does help me to reach more educators. With the beginning of the school year coming in loud and proud, I wanted to be proactive and talk about one of the big areas that teachers need to cultivate this school year to avoid or stay in recovery from burnout, work-life balance. I feel like this topic doesn't get discussed enough with educators. It's certainly not discussed in any of the teacher prep programs that I know of. And I personally know teachers and have been that teacher that is like doing all the things and trying to live up to these unrealistic expectations. Then after spending some time grading and writing emails after school hours, feeling guilty because, you know, I didn't spend much present time with my own children, my husband, my friends. If you're listening to this, you've probably been there too, or you at least know someone like that. Dr. Emma Kell is the author of How to Survive and Thrive in Teaching, and she reached out to her fellow teachers to better understand how they felt about their workloads. And more than 1,400 educators responded to her survey about workload in the teaching profession. I couldn't believe the statistics, and maybe it's not so surprising, but half of those participants said that they worked more than 16 hours per week above their contracted hours. A quarter of them said they work more than 20 hours per week above their expected hours. 30% of current teachers said a heavy workload had the biggest negative impact on their motivation at work, and 67% of former teachers disagreed with the statement, my workload was manageable. I feel that. That's 75% of teachers from that one survey that work 56-hour work weeks for one reason or another. If you consider that in the terms of teachers who have time for their own personal life, you get the point. There are 75% of teachers sacrificing their personal life to their work. And if you've ever heard me talk about the 12 stages of burnout, that's a fast track to stages that cause major disruptions in your physical, mental, and emotional health. An unbalanced workload pulls at the time that teachers have to spend with their students. It also drives down their motivation to teach and makes any additional task or project seem overwhelming. I don't want you getting there or getting back there this school year. So there are three main things that can really help support better work-life balance. The first thing that we can do to support better work-life balance is to limit time-wasting activities and people. I can remember my first year teaching when I had all of these different systems that took up so much time. I had a binder like everybody says you should. And inside of it, I kept record of all the communication to and from students' homes, a section for data tracking and analysis. And I thought like I was squared away because at least they were in this one binder. As the year progressed, I think I changed that to a larger binder like four times that year. 
it really wasn't functional. I can remember grading so many of the activities that truly didn't need to be graded. And then I would spend hours after school each day sending or responding to emails, making sure I documented each little thing where they needed to be. And it took up so much of my time writing it all out. I did it because I knew that I needed to document a lot of things. But in the end, it literally took two extra hours every day after school. That's not balance. As a newbie teacher, I wasn't aware. I didn't have to do it that way. So when it comes to limiting these time-wasting tasks, we have to do, as I always say, and evaluate. Just get used to that term because it's part of my signature Educare framework, and it's essential to making change in our well-being. We have to evaluate which tasks are time-wasting. What do we not enjoy about our job? Is it paperwork? Is it communicating with parents? Emails, what is it? What's sucking our energy? If you're like, I don't even know. I do have a free mini workshop that is linked in the show notes where we do this quick little activity that just takes an inventory of all of your teacher tasks and allows you to break them down so that you can see which are energizers and which are energy drainers. So I totally recommend checking that out to get a better view and perspective on this. The mini workshop is called Balance Before Burnout audit your work-life balance. And it's really quick and it's just going to allow you to break down your individual teacher tasks so that you can take some of those time-wasting things off of your plate. But one major thing we can do to set ourselves up for success this coming school year is to create systems that simplify our teacher workload. Each of us have these things that we do naturally that come easy, that we may enjoy, but then there are these daunting tasks that kind of suck our energy. When we're able to see these things clearly, like for me, with my documentation and grading, I could see that I needed to simplify these things, make them quicker and easier so that they weren't sucking up my time and my energy. Incorporating more self-checking activities instead of grading every little thing is one way, or just prioritizing specific assignments as grades. But another way that I simplified my daunting teacher tasks was just by creating a parent communication documentation Google form. I went from taking like 10 minutes to write out who, why, when, where, why, all in that ginormous binder for each of my students' parents that I communicated with to the simple click of a few buttons and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It was documented on my laptop or my device that I could easily pull up and see all of that information in a spreadsheet later. And it was a system that I put into place to reduce the amount of time that I was taking. It also took so much time to write out an email to parents after a rough day or to send a reminder. So instead, I created templates in my email server. Instead of trying to think of the best way to say this one thing, I had a method that just allowed me to choose a template, fill it in with the important information, and instead of 10 minutes, it took me less than two. If you're looking for some awesome templates to incorporate them, then check the show notes there as well because I've got a ton for you. Another way that I removed the stress of that huge binder was I switched from paper to digital and I created a digital planner that housed everything that I needed. It eliminated that bulky book. It put all of the data tracking, reminders, all of that, and it still felt like I was writing or I could type instead. It was also transferable between devices such as my phone or my iPad or my Mac. So if I needed to pull up something really quickly, I could access it quickly from whatever device was closest. Big bulky books and disorganization really added more to my plate and it stressed me out. So this option really created less clutter, thus clearing the stress of it. 
And if you've never tried digital planning, let me open your eyes to it because it is pretty darn magical and convenient. I'll put a link for that in the show notes as well. Making these changes to my routine removed the things I disliked from my job and shaved hours of time off of my weeks, which really allowed me to leave at contract time. We also want to limit time-wasting people, which brings me to the second way to create more work-life balance, and that's finding positive supporters. The truth is, we don't always have positive supporters in our school buildings and communities. And if you're an educator, you know every school has this negative Nancy in the teacher workrooms. Some schools more than others. But we know that those are not the educators that we want to deal with. We want to limit our access to those individuals, anyone who is draining our energy. Now, when I talk about positivity, there is this misconception that it's toxic. So when I discuss having a positive mindset and finding positive supporters, so many jump to, well, that's toxic positivity, when they may not even understand what makes positivity toxic in the first place. Toxic positivity is where teachers may dismiss or brush off feelings that aren't positive. They may feel guilty or shameful for experiencing a negative emotion such as sadness, anxiety, or anger, or they just avoid feeling those uncomfortable feelings. But it's important to recognize that as humans, we need to have a wide range of emotions in order to facilitate growth in our lives. And negative emotions do create a catalyst for us to make necessary changes. So emotions are just that, emotions. And while they may feel positive or negative, neither is really superior. It's so easy to find that group of supporters that can commiserate with you, but that isn't necessarily solving a problem, which is the excessive burnout of educators in the field. So when I say positive supporters, I mean those types of teachers who can help support the negative emotion by bringing the change. So this may mean finding the teachers who are solving those problems, explaining to co-teachers that you're looking for solving a problem or the solution to a problem, finding one educator in your building that you can vent to, or saving your venting for someone outside of your school building so that you're not commiserating and adding fuel to the fire in your building. Finding a teacher friend online, Instagram, Facebook groups, or specialized groups like the Educare Support Squad that I have. Exposing yourself to the perspective and experiences of people you respect is truly invaluable. This guidance gives you this opportunity to learn from situations you haven't been in and mistakes you haven't made, but they can also give you ideas of how they have worked towards a balanced work and home life. Those people who are cheering you on. The concept that stressed teachers aren't effective teachers isn't a conjecture. Patricia Jennings, who is an associate professor of elementary education at the University of Virginia, recently conducted this study on mindfulness-based teaching and professional development. So what she did was she split 224 teachers and their 5,036 students into two groups. And she offered a series of mindfulness sessions to one group while letting the others continue their normal routines as a control group. So the teachers who participated in phone coaching sessions over two weeks proved to be more emotionally supportive and had greater sensitivity to their students. They also made better use of instructional time, helping the students learn more. So essentially by reducing stress, Teachers are better able to focus on the needs of their students and tailor the lessons in a way that they're going to understand. So to boost teachers up, 
Ellen Moir, who is CEO of the New Teacher Center, she recommends finding a mentor to help get through tough times. She found out that in October tends to be like the hardest period for teachers and even named it the disillusionment phase, which kind of makes sense. Think about it. As we get six to seven weeks into the school year, being a good teacher is kind of hard. And we really need somebody who's been there saying, you're not horrible. You're not a fraud. You've got this. Or have you considered trying this or trying that? And sometimes our family can be really great supporters, but they don't always know what to do or how to help in the classroom other than listen. So finding a mentor who has walked in your shoes and understands what the teaching world is like can really take the pressure off of family members who are trying to offer support, but really don't know how. So again, you're not alone with me. That's why I'm here, why I'm creating this podcast, why I'm showing up on social media, and why I have my unique membership for educators, the Individualized Educare Program, because it has that monthly coaching. It has that mentoring, that community in it. So you can surround yourself with those people who are pulling themselves out of burnout and have a team of teacher cheerleaders, even if you don't have supportive teachers in your building. I am interrupting this episode for a brief moment to answer one of the biggest questions that burned out teachers have, and that's how do I make time for self-care and stop overextending myself to the point of burnout? Here's my favorite answer, authentic boundaries. When you set authentic boundaries around four major areas, you're creating balance to avoid overwhelm, manage your time better, and identify your limits. Arguably one of the most important factors to sustaining a career in education long-term, boundaries help keep you healthy, happy, and whole. This is a powerful strategy when done intentionally, and I can show you how in my mini course, Beat Burnout with Boundaries. In this workshop, I will teach you my four-step approach to creating, communicating, and sustaining authentic boundaries that will empower you and build you up rather than burn you out. When you join, you'll get access to the course content, the formula for communicating your boundaries without compromising relationships, and a workbook complete with prompts to follow along in your own personal boundary pattern analysis. The best part? You can work through the content in less than a weekend. What are you waiting for? Head to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash boundaries to learn more. Back to the episode. So the third practical thing we can do to have a better work-life balance is really find ways to create a schedule that makes sense for us. When we're creating this schedule that works, think about the best way to achieve balance at work and in your personal life. You see, work-life balance is less about dividing the hours in your day evenly between work and personal life, and instead, it's more about having that flexibility to get things done in the professional life while still having time and energy to enjoy your personal life. So sometimes there's going to be days where you work longer hours just so you have time later in the week to enjoy your other activities. This brings me to a really important piece of why I say that. I think it isn't really feasible as a first-year teacher or even a teacher who values and enjoys creating activities outside of the classroom to absolutely leave at the end of their contracted day or never work outside of contracted hours. I saw this teacher on TikTok recently who posted that they were in their building setting up for the new school year before they had to because they just enjoyed it. And there were these teachers just throwing so much shade at her because she was quote unquote working for free. See, that's not the energy we're talking about here. We're talking about finding our individualized and authentic balance. If that teacher enjoys getting her room together or just wants a break from her kids at home to work a little in her classroom, hey, 
Do you, boo? She is using her time intentionally and is doing what feels good for her. And for newbie teachers, they may not even know what they need at that point. So when they're first integrating themselves into this new position, sometimes it's going to take a little extra time on the side to get things in place that are going to save the time later. But I definitely think that teachers need to consider the return on investment for working additional time. So I'm never going to say, hey, never work outside your contracted hours. However, I will say that it will make more sense to say, have an idea of how much time you're willing to spend outside of your contract hours. So making sure that's in your planner. So maybe you say, Tuesdays, I can or even want to stay after an extra hour just to get some extra stuff done. It's going to feel less overwhelming when you schedule that time in advance. But we also want to schedule time to do nothing. That means just like penciling in time where you don't have to do anything. We're a part of this hustle culture that tells you that you are not being productive if you're doing nothing or if you're not doing something at all times of your day. However, that couldn't really be further from the truth. But speaking of putting things in your planner, I also recommend penciling in some time for your hobbies and interests. You see, the purpose of maintaining a work-life balance is so that you can do things that you love in your free time. These hobbies and interests will keep you fresh and might even double back to make your classroom more interesting. When you keep up with other interests, novels, film, writing, painting, crochet, whatever, those end up keeping you more energized and thus engaging your students with you more as well. If this is difficult, reframe the idea with, your students are better served by a teacher with some substance and fun than a fed up zombie who'd stayed in all weekend filling in lesson plans. Another thing I recommend is scheduling personal or mental health days at the beginning of the school year. So that means looking at your schedule, finding those breaks you already have in your school calendar, your teacher work days, your Christmas break, your spring break, and then looking for those gaps in time where there are no breaks. And that's when you want to schedule in like your mental health days or your personal days. This is going to help support your students because you can adequately plan in advance and your administrators will have adequate time to find a sub. You're also not going to be scrambling to schedule these when you're already burned out. That's the key. We want to establish a plan for your paid time off, no matter how often you do it, because it can be the difference between using that valuable benefit and wasting it. Also, adding those days to your calendar and requesting them off in advance is a commitment. You will be more likely to hold to and make the most of that time. So just to remind you, you're not alone. There are many people who struggle with work-life balance and practical strategies are really not taught in our educator prep programs. The three main things that we can do to foster a better work-life balance this school year are limiting time-wasting tasks and people, finding positive support groups or mentors to keep us accountable and create a schedule that makes us feel good. If you're struggling with figuring out your work-life balance, I want to remind you that I do have that free 10-minute workshop for auditing your teacher work-life balance where you can better determine your time wasters and your energizers at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash audit workshop. When we limit those time-wasting activities and people, it leads to feeling more fulfilled and balanced and less negative and stressed out. We can then create more space and time for the things that mean more to us, like our students, our families, and reduce the time spent outside of the classroom and we can schedule more us time, more intentional time spent doing those things that we enjoy with the people that we enjoy, living a life outside of our profession. As my friend Spencer says, you are a human first and a teacher second, and we've got to start treating ourselves as such. 
Hopefully this podcast is helping remind you of that as well. And hey, if it is, I would love for you to share this episode or another on social media and tag Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul. This helps me to reach and help other educators who may need it. If you choose to leave a review, we'd love to spotlight your review in the beginning of one of our future episodes as well. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to remind you that you are a resilient teacher. If you're looking for more support in creating a sustainable, individualized self-care plan to beat burnout, squash stress, and build educator resilience, check out my online membership and course, The Individualized Educare Program at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash program. I'll see you next time. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tag me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.